In today's podcast, Ryan and I discuss life insurance illustrations and the obsession with interest rates. Hope you enjoy and thank you for listening. Uh, hello, my name is James Nethery. Welcome to the Banking with Life podcast. And I'm Ryan Griggs. And we're glad you're here. Excited to be here with you. Thanks for tuning in. Got a lot to talk about today. And yeah, know. Today we're talking about the something we hear frequently uh, from people who are investigating the concept. And that is uh, sort of show me the numbers. And if you're only listening, that's in air quotes. Uh, often hear that from clients or prospective clients or people who have just come across the infinite banking concept that they want to see on paper, black and white, with numbers, in Excel, through the calculator, uh, proof that IBC is what it is, is what it says it is. And it's, you, it's such a prominent thing that we feel an entire episode is necessary to cover it. At a minimum. Yeah. I mean, this may be the first of several. Which admittedly seems kind of ridiculous, right? I mean, it's like, wait, we're talking about ultimately buying a financial asset. Why, you know, you tell me, why would that be, why is that so insane uh, to the, the idea of requesting the, uh, an, the proof, statistical proof or mathematical proof that what we're doing works? Like, why can't you do that for me, James? Well, that's a great question, and uh, uh, and I can't wait to answer. But let me, you know, maybe a little bit of a background in the, in the life insurance industry. You know, everybody, not everybody, agents, consumers, oftentimes live or die by life insurance illustrations, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, can't you just run me an illustration? Oh yeah, in fact, I mean, we hear people, you know, <laughs> just call up an agent and have them put together an illustration yeah have him run you some numbers and then and then you can take that illustration and go to the next you know life insurance agent and right like, try to beat the numbers so it becomes a game mm-hmm. right of numbers on a page right so why what was your original question i mean wh- why is that crazy i mean gosh i'm buying a financial asset shouldn't i isn't that isn't that what i should be doing i think there's people out there who think that that's what they should be doing, that that's how they make an informed decision. Oh, no, I, I completely agree with that because they don't really know um, even even the mechanics of a life insurance illustration. You know, let's, let's think about this. I don't know, 6,000 life insurance companies in North America. Maybe they have five, ten different products, hmm. and they're all built by the insurance companies for different, you know, uh, niches in the market and what I mean by that is <clears throat> excuse me maybe they'll have uh, a product that they're designing and they want to present it to you know a particular age class 55 and above and so they might design it a little differently than the products that they have designed for qualified plans you mm-hmm. know cash balance plans um, which may be different than the product that they have designed for the younger market. So now just think about that. I don't know how many life insurance companies are in North America. Uh, you know, 4,000, 3,000, I don't know. I'm sure you can type that into Google and come up with a number. Mm-hmm. And then each company has five, 10, 15 different products. Right. And so the, the, the financial professional, the life insurance agent, 
uh, most of whom don't know how to build an illustration, might I say. They geek out I mean, on the numbers. Like, say that again. I don't think people get that. Like, you'd think that if you were to talk to a life insurance, any financial person, that they would know how to put together an illustration for the product they're selling. But what you're saying is the majority of times they don't. And you're not kidding. I am not kidding. They rely on their on the home office or their back office support, air quotes, their IMO, their general agency, or they're relying on someone to produce a life insurance illustration. And then um, also relying on the education of how this works, why it's built this sure. way. And so, no, I'm not kidding. Yes, it is scary when a life insurance agent can't run an illustration. Right. Okay. Now, now too, don't, you know, let me be clear. The life insurance companies make it pretty easy, you know, if you do the inputs, but when there's five different products or 10 different products and you're trying to... Oh, I see what you're getting at. When you're selling a wide variety of products, like, no wonder you can't keep up. Yeah, I'm just solving for the death benefit. What's the cheapest premium I can pay for the death mm-hmm. benefit? Well, do you want UL or whole life or... You know, I don't know what pays the most. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That it, you know, we're laughing, but it's really not funny. No, it's not. So get through tragedy with humor. Well, that's most comedy is based in tragedy. (laughs) Okay. So suppose though we got an agent that, well, regardless of what the agent's doing. Yeah, we love client. agents. I'm not trying to beat agents up. I, I, yeah, they're I want all great. To angelic intentions. Directly beat up the industry, though. I have sure. no problem with that. Sure. Uh, I mean, That's I have encountered be. individuals who come to me after having communicated with other agents who who do what we call selling from the illustration. And so, on the one hand, you have some agents who can't build an illustration. On the other hand, you have some who can't get an illustration in the client's hands fast enough. Oh my gosh. Right? Yeah. Within the first hour of speaking with them, want to email them an illustration without any understanding or knowledge of whether or not the individual recipient actually understands what they're looking at. Well, listen, if you're ready to write a check and I'm an agent, I, I want to get that illustration in front of you so you'll write the check. Yeah. <laughs> but how, I mean, it, mm. it, I mean, that's a prescription for <clears throat> questionable business, right? Who knows for how long the individual who is paying that premium will continue to pay that premium if they don't understand why they're doing it or what that's causing in terms of performance in their policy, right? Right. Well, so, you know, we could, it's, it's, you know, we can beat up the industry and we can beat up you know, the, the, the idea of best practices with the financial professional. But at the end of the day, I mean, at the end of the day, when you push print on, a, on an illustration, the numbers are correct at that moment. Right? As sure. soon as the sun goes down that day, those numbers are incorrect. Mm-hmm. Right? And so whenever you spend too much time on, and, and this is my opinion, right? Whenever you spend too much time crafting an illustration to meet a desired target number date in the future, and there is no understanding of, uh, 
of how the life insurance policy is 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 going to be used, mm-hmm. right? What you're going to do with it? Um, what is the purpose of it? What what are we trying to do? Then it, it's you've just spent too much time on numbers on a page that can be massaged and manipulated to get the consumer to say, yeah, that's what I want mm-hmm. without the, without the education. And I'm not saying that, that, um, everybody has to become a master of life insurance. I'm not conveying that at all. Uh, the financial professional ought to know what the hell's going on. Sure. He ought to know, they ought to know how to build a life in a life insurance illustration and integrate it into whatever the client is doing or trying to do. Right. Um, and, and so I'm just saying that if you spend too much time massaging numbers, you've wasted time in my opinion. Um, and it's all for the wrong reasons and it's probably not going to have a, a, a good outcome. Right. And I I agree, but I think the reason behind all of that is that the value of infinite banking is not in the numbers, period. If you are hooked on numbers, if you are hooked on the financial, the the particular performance illustrated on the page, if you can't get past that, then the, the legitimate issue is that the agent has not communicated or the client's not understood or something's gone wrong such that we, we've not understood where the value is. The value in infinite banking is in the contractual arrangements between you and the insurance company, right? Becoming your own banker, conferring control back to the individual. You can't illustrate that on a numerical projection and so oftentimes when clients will ask me, well, just send me an illustration or, you know, the guy that I've mentioned before, you know, I'm having a competition oh between agents. Uh, I'd like you to illustrate X, Y, Z. Can you send that over to me? Mm-hmm. Right. In the first email contact. Mm-hmm. No, I, I sure cannot do that. I, I mean, I can, I won't. Right. right? Uh, because you know how to build an illustration. I, yeah, well, know. yeah, but I, <laughs> I'm not going to indulge that desire <clears throat> to remain fixated on the numbers mm-hmm. because as long as you're doing that, you're not seeing what's really going on behind the scenes and where you start talking about optimal capital formation or optimal capital accumulation and comparing what goes on in infinite banking, what goes on in properly designed dividend paying whole life with other financial assets, right? And that's a non-numerical kind of comparison. Absolutely, yep. Well, you know, I agree with that. And two, if we're looking, and and if if we're looking at a, it could be an Excel spreadsheet. It could be a pro forma. It could be whatever it is. We're looking at numbers on a page, right? Mm -hmm. And there has to be some understanding Right of of what we're looking at, whether it's a life insurance illustration or a pro forma on an investment, whatever it may be, but particularly, particularly when we are looking at a life insurance illustration, that does not, and especially when you get down to the detail where all the numbers are, you know, all the columns of all the numbers, premium, blah, 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 death benefit, cash value. Um, if there's no understanding from the owner's perspective, from the owner's position, if I own that life insurance policy, I own an asset, 
right? And it's no question in a contract issued by a life insurance company, and it's an Einbein Strauss, a one unilateral contract. So I should at least know the aspects and the characteristics of this asset, and I should know how to manage this asset for my benefit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, look, if we're going to go down and buy a car, you better learn how to drive a car. You better know how to check the oil, change the water, change tires, you know. I mean, um, so there's a certain amount of education that that is at a minimum required, okay? Well, now, if I'm just looking at a life insurance illustration, and I'm trying to compare this life insurance illustration with another life insurance illustration with another life insurance illustration, I mean, I have to know the difference between dividend paying whole life Mm. and universal life, variable universal life, or this god-awful equity index universal life. Um, There's podcasts coming specifically on equity index universal life. And listen, if you're an agent or a financial professional listening, I'm not interested in in being trolled, okay? (laughs) Um, I'm not... You know, so whatever you're doing, God bless you. But the consumer, the the owner should know enough of the asset that they're going to own, and they mm-hmm. should be able to know enough between this illustration and that illustration to the extent that it affects them. Sure. Right? Now, if it's universal life, I should know some minimal, minimal characteristics of universal life before I put money into it. It's the same way with variable universal life or term life or this dividend paying whole life Mm -hmm. okay now let's say that we've gone through the process because i'm interested in learning the infinite banking concept becoming my own banker where i can control the banking function as it relates to me in my personal economy you as you mentioned earlier you can't put that value on a life insurance illustration no right whatever's on the within the four corners of that piece of paper is right there. Right. Okay. And it's not enough. What do you mean? But you, whatever, as soon as you attempt to quantify the value of a well-designed IBC style whole life policy, you've undershot it. I mean, it's infinite. No question. Banking yeah. Yeah. concept. I mean, and then people wonder about that. And like, just as a few examples, I mean, what's the value of, having, I don't know, whatever your cash value is at a particular moment, say 100, 200,000, whatever it is, the value of being in a highly liquid, guaranteed, contractually guaranteed position when the opportunity arises to you know, buy the house next door or to buy into a friend's business or to, or to go start your own business. What's the value of that? All right. You're gonna come up with a number. So come up with a number and then attach a probability to it Right, and then pick a discount in order to get the present value of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, line all that up, and then of all those opportunities that will occur over the rest of your lifetime, do the same thing for each one of those. Line all that up, add it up, right? Uh, like, at what point does that become ridiculous? Listen, I just want to know what the interest rate is. <sighs> <laughs> What's the interest rate on that policy? <laughs> um, and you know that's but that's what i mean by the value of infinite banking is not on the page exactly and if you start if the conversation begins or the conversation quickly turns to oh here look at the numbers on the page 
you've totally you've you've pigeonholed yourself. You've put the blinders on. You're now ignoring the legitimate value here. I mean, you can talk about the characteristics of whole life on a financial basis. What what's the performance like? You know, how's the cash value going to grow? Is it going to grow? You know, what's the legal status of that? When's it going to equal the cumulative premium? And you can calculate all that. You can calculate it. Right. Oh my gosh, you can get a calculator. You can pay thousands of dollars to get a calculator to calculate some internal rate of return. Wait a minute, wait, 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 don't jump over that. Wait, you mean me as a financial professional, I can go out into the open market and buy third party software to sure. aid me? in illustrating or demonstrating rates of returns and things like is that what you mean oh yeah yeah (laughs) and you can go to town on that you know you can go all the way down that this is actuarially sound you can get as deep into the math as you want Mm -hmm. uh turns out the industry's been around for over 100 years and performing positively every one of those years if you use a mutual company that's properly paying dividends so you might think that they figured something out, you know, so it could be the case that you'll go discover something that they haven't already stumbled upon yet, but unlikely. And, or, or you could take the qualitative approach, the education-based approach, the conceptual approach where you understand the banking part, the the essence of what's going on is, is not the conventional financial performance, just like another financial asset. What's going on here with infinite banking is underneath all of that. It's prior to it. It's before the investment analysis. It's before the rates of return and all that. This is in the area of control, of ownership, of contractual control and ownership over the banking function. And that, again, cannot be expressed. So that, like when I said earlier at the beginning that the value of infinite banking cannot be put on a page in numbers, that's what I mean. You no, know, if you can't, it's not, it's not possible. It's literally not possible. I'm not just saying like it's metaphorically impossible or, oh, that's hard. I, like you could get Einstein in here and he could not do it. It's just not it's li- technically impossible to literally to, literally yeah. yeah i'm not just being glib you know i think people hear that's like oh well i can go do this this and this i can compare to a savings account that we can assume is going to grow at a certain rate for this amount of time which you don't know because no one can control interest rates anyways or the bank right and then oh i got to buy term which is going to end so the value of life insurance after say 20 or 30 years whatever the term is so well, that's gone there's another piece you can't quantify. What's the what's the value of a death benefit, or the not even just ha- knowing that if something were to happen to you early, that and all death happens too early, right? Because right. So what's the value of knowing that your people are taken care of if that happens? Oh, you mean we're talking about the infinite banking concept, but the death benefit is important after all. Absolutely. <laughs> and people really discount the death benefit. I need cash, 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 cash. The cash value, I know you don't like this word, but it's what it is. The cash value is a derivative of the death benefit. The only reason the cash value exists is because the death benefit exists. Right. If you didn't have a death benefit, you wouldn't have a cash value. So you can't get one without the other, right? In a permanent policy. In a permanent You get term and then there's no right. cash value. Sure, but... You, of course you have to have both and you can't so when you go down the line I was doing this this morning with a, a client who was asking a, or soon to be client he doesn't know it yet but he is uh, <laughs> is that why you sat down a little bit triggered 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not why. Uh, this was a pleasant conversation, but and he asked good questions. Uh, but one of them was, you know, I, I can do this with a bank account. Mm-hmm. I can I can put money into a checking account. I can borrow against it. Blah blah. blah. And I'm like, yeah, but by the way, that bank account doesn't carry a death benefit. Mm-mm. You can do it with a CD too. Right, can do it. You can bank with anything. A farm right? truck, a farm equipment, a tractor, and then all those whatever. other <laughs> assets that you could bank with, you can put them on paper and say, "Oh, this is what the projected financial performance is," and you can analyze it like a conventional financial asset because it doesn't offer what dividend-paying whole life offers, which is this entire suite of contractual rights and ownership and control and guarantees. None of that doesn't exist with anything else, literally anything else, Mm -hmm. because it's not no other financial asset carries the guarantees life insurance does, Mm -hmm. which you can't see on a page. No, you're not. You're not saying, though, that, um, you know, I shouldn't have a well-designed policy with a reasonable rate of return or, you know, you're not saying that. Right. Well, no, but the other thing is, though, is that I mean, the, I, I crack up when you know people don't bat an eye at four hundred one ks. You know, what's my compound rate of return on my four hundred one k? Well, you were up fifteen percent the last quarter, but the previous quarter to that one, you were down. Right. Okay. So made up numbers. So. Yeah. Made up numbers. <laughs> what point in time do you want to look at? Is no. I mean, what point in time yeah. do you want to look at? right exactly and how often is that question asked of the employer or the hr person that's offering listen listen i as a as a side note you know there when when you get around 2007 8 9 and previous to that when there are real legitimate market corrections people don't even want to open up the statement of course not you know they just oh they get it because it comes around quarterly because it's a an at-risk asset right so you get quarterly reports, and I don't know how many times. I mean, I've people have set down, you know, statements unopened, multiples. Just and bring like, you the envelopes. Yeah, it's like I'm like, which I I appreciate you bringing that in, but sure, you know, I didn't need to see it. It's not my money. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's not yours either. Actually, <laughs> the value of the account is not actually yours. But um, <laughs> my point is that. It, with conventional methods of investing with other financial assets out there, infinite banking is not investing, which might be news to some, well, <clears throat> um, with other financial assets out there, we don't bat an eye. But when it comes to infinite banking and life insurance, understandably, people have loads of questions sure, and want to investigate as far down as possible and rightly so and rightly so but at the end of the day this is one of the oldest financial assets in the world they figured something out here you know we did nelson even used to say like i added scale yep the the product is there the concept yep. is there but it's about the correct application so maybe it's and might even add that to that it's he added scale sure but he added the correct application right this isn't just death benefit this is so much more no i mean we we've discussed this we've talked about this previously that um you know when the when the uh life insurance companies and, and it is very old and even this argument of rate of return rate of return show me the numbers the dividend and all all of that is several 
couple hundred years old. These arguments go back to the beginning of life insurance formation. Mm -hmm. Even when you get into um, loans and um, all of this is so old, but it seems like as a civilization, as a people, we have a collective memory that can't really exceed about 70 years. You know, so we're continually every generation, yeah. right? I'm a I'm a generous guy. I mean, every generation has to go through these these lessons uh-huh. that you know our grandfathers and our forefathers they they learned them or yep. they seen them and lived them and experienced and, and learned from them. Anyway, um, we have talked about how life insurance companies put together the product of life insurance, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, we're all paying money in. We're all going to die in the future at your age and your health. How much do I got to pay in? So there'll be X number of death benefit when I die. So you're not a burden on anyone. Well, when you look at that, um, accidentally, they didn't sit down and I believe they did not sit down and create this um, for anything other than paying the death benefit life insurance, right? Well, if you back up and look, and Nelson always said, you have to be able to properly classify things, Mm -hmm. right? So when you look at life insurance structured as it it is, dividend paying, whole life insurance issued by a mutual company, it has more characteristics of a banking entity Mm -hmm. than it does life insurance. So Nelson correctly classified life insurance characteristics and then added scale, just like you said. Mm -hmm. And because of his unique position and his history, Right, which is in the first part of his first book, Becoming Your Own Banker. He tells his story. Mm-hmm. And that's all he did to the for the financial world, right? And to the life insurance industry at its scale. Sure. So thanks for letting me share that. Well But yeah. I, I don't want to knock you off the point that you were Well no, we're but we're kinda of getting to where I wanted to talk about is like what the proper place of the illustration is. Because like, neither of us are saying that you should never look at an illustration no, or that an illustration doesn't belong in the education process. It does. It's just that the industry, most agents get the process all wrong and put the illustration at the beginning, (laughs) using it as a sales tool or an advertisement or something to convince or persuade the individual who's purchasing or mesmerize. Yeah. Confuse them, right? Get them hooked on the numbers. And and by the way, we shouldn't leave companies out of this too, because they indulge this. No question. They do run all sorts of games to they, they coddle it, make the dividend look good, and offer illustrate the non guaranteed values. Well, listen, on the I'll do side. it. Are um, you unhealthy? Let me, as an insurance company, let me bump you up a couple of tables if you're unhealthy, or bump you down a couple of tables. Oh yeah, table shaving. I don't, you know. No, that's legitimate. legitimate. That's a method of providing a product to the individual that they shouldn't be buying, that the company shouldn't be selling them. So what we're talking about is table shaving, which is, you know, you go through underwriting as an individual and you you get a a certain underwriting status. And we all want to be super preferred. (laughs) Right. What matters for IBC is getting approved. You want approval. The underwriting status is incidental it's secondary but some people will get just to get to what this table shaving is some people will get rated substandard right because maybe they have a past medical issue or something it might even be something you were unexpected you weren't expecting or something that came up in the blood work whatever it is you'll get a substandard rating 
some companies out there, so when you get substandard, you get put into a particular table, right? table A through, what is it, down to G or H or something? H-I-J-K-L. Right, different levels of substandard ratings. And sub, some companies... But that means that you have to pay more. Each rating, you have to pay more for... Right. The, the, the cost of the death benefit is higher. Cost of insurance so, rises. Right, yeah. so you have to pay more for the death benefit. Right. And then some companies... Compared to a standard, or no, like I'm 55, if, and yeah, I'm a little overweight, and that's the best I can get is standard. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, and I'm thankful to get it. Um, well, they must like you. <laughs> you're the one that was smoking earlier i don't know what you're talking about the cigars i'm just kidding <laughs> okay so 55 standard if i'm if i'm if i'm um overweight whatever the case may be if i'm substandard i'm just going to have to pay a higher cost for the death benefit yes right and so every rating has a table right so yeah i could have a mild rating table a which is one table above standard i could be preferred which is one table below standard or super preferred and they play i don't know super preferred ultra preferred top tier top tier one top tier two it's like it's like lining up at the airport right and you paid to be in group one Mm -hmm. or a and they're calling the gold star member the silver star member, the ruby Premium, the platinum. diamond platinum right everybody else and you paid to be in the first that's actually group. a great analogy because what matters is that you get on the plane yeah exactly and that's land. what matters and land right where you want to get where but you want to land it, just like in life insurance what matters is you get approved right. for ibc but we'll, what some companies will do for those agents that are selling from the illustration is they'll do this table shaving where if you're rated table d for example they'll bump you up to table A or even standard. Yeah. They'll lump you in with a particular underwriting status that by the mortality statistics is and likely your health, to live longer. You wouldn't have qualified for. Right. Right. Yeah. So now think about that. If you're a mutual company, if you're a mutual policyholder, then you're an owner of the company. Right. Right. Stock companies are owned by shareholders. Mutual companies are owned by policyholders. Mm-hmm. Now let's just say I'm a policyholder and you're the uh, underwriter at the mutual company with this big table shave program. Mm-hmm. Is that really fair to me? As an owner? Absolutely yeah. not. I mean, You're weakening you run, the financial strength of the company. Would you run your business that way? Absolutely uh, not. We're going to cut corners for you. You know, what that does is it, it, just like you said, hurts the individuals who are already owners of that company. But listen. Regardless love, of their underwriting. Status. We love the unhealthy individual. Can't you just, can't we all just, you know, get along? It's Peace, par- and that's exactly and it. It's particularly bad for the young, healthy person who's going to live longer anyway, owning a company that, okay, anyway. We could, table, we could go all day. It's, love, peace. And, it's what is a, that, how does that go? Peace, love, I don't chicken know. Grease? I am not a hippie. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> you gotta, he's got a ponytail. Not all people from California are hippies. Uh, okay. So is that is but, you want to spend any more time on the table? Shaving? Well, no, that's a good. That's a, we need to say it. Nobody else is saying it, <laughs> right? Nobody else will talk no. about it, right? But it's an example of the games that companies will play in order to make the illustration look better. And one other thing I wanted to say about illustrations between companies: what matters about company comparison is more than likely not on the illustration. No question. Things like company practice 
uh, size of the company in terms of number of people, the quality of service when you contact the company or work with the company, uh, the, the the dividend payment history. I I can't believe that we have to beat companies up to just tell people what their dividend payment history is. Well, now wait, we, that's a whole series of podcasts there. The dividend, dividend history, the games that insurance companies play with dividends, whether I'm going to take a loan or not. Is it direct recognition, non-direct recognition? You're yeah. going to talk about games. The life insurance companies play more games with dividends than they do underwriting. And the, and then, and the company's openness to infinite banking you know, oh my goodness! The, whether they're willing to encourage that kind of business, so there's also it all goes back to the original point. And that's why I said it as soon as I could: is that the value of IBC is not on the illustration. The illustration illustrates. That's all it does. It demonstrates. It shows an aspect of infinite banking. It does not encompass all of it. It doesn't even shine the light on the most important aspects, which can only be understood conceptually. But as we were getting into, there is a place for it. No question. And the place for it is at the end <laughs> of so, the process. If an individual... Like, what, is, what is this process you speak well, of? The educational process, right? Okay. So an individual's read Becoming Your Own Banker. They've listened to everything we've put out on the internet, and they're ready to go, right? By the time we get to an illustration, it's quick. Here's the... Look, we've... An illustration, first of all, is mostly definitions, it's this is what everything means right mm -hmm. okay so if you really want to talk about an illustration the education has to come first anyway because that's what's on there right so we have that to have uh, we have to have an educational process just to get into the illustration itself all right but once that's done and we've taken care of that because you've done your edu you've done your research we've had conversations we've been on the phone whatever met in person whatever it might be by the time we get to an illustration all we're doing is 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 seeing what we already understand to be happening. And it's it's incidental, right? I mean, there are... S An aspect of... Yeah. Because you're... And, I, and I'm bringing that up here because I don't know how many times... I mean, listen, I love our clients. I love, I, I love people learning about the infinite banking concept. But... Um, it's it kind of, it goes right along with show me the numbers and what you cannot illustrate is the actions that the uh. owner takes the results you know it's very difficult to illustrate and what do I mean by that and and what I mean by this is Nelson's book becoming your own banker there it's full of illustrations uh, different examples, equipment financing, CD method, and automobile purchase, uh, college, cost of an education. Um, Nelson said many times to me personally and many others mm -hmm. that if he were to rewrite or do over the Becoming Your Own Banker book, he would not have put an illustration in the book. Well, why is that? Because this very reason right here, I think, mm -hmm. you know, show me the numbers. And so w what I mean is, you know, we can, you know, build the best policy for a particular client situations. Um, but it's I, I'm not my office is not going to, um, you know, Sell from your, the illustration. Run your mortgage through an illustration to see the results, and it's like, oh my god, there's 
the the amount of work that it takes to build a policy correctly um and not just one illustration but several iterations which is a lot of behind the scenes work and you may not even want to well, hear this by the way that's why some agents do sell from the illustration they're the ones who didn't build it themselves so they don't go through that tedious process of getting the design accurate and correct not for only a strong today 10 20 30 50 years from now when right i'm probably not going to be here you may but not me i mean it's important that the it's important to us in our practices that uh policies serve the client well over their whole lifetime i mean think about that my god it's a life insurance illustration it's going to mirror your life mm-hmm. i mean do you want it to be serving you well in year one as well as year 90 of course mm-hmm. so but what you were about to say there and you referenced it is that the what causes values to change in a infinite banking style policy is mostly the behavior of the individual the individual's own behavior their actions has the controlling influence on what occurs with cash values and death benefits and dividends not the company not interest rates you know, not you, you the just economy said- no, you said earlier that you can't control in, no one can control interest rates. Mm. Even the the life insurance company can't control their interest rates. Nope. They can't control their dividend scale within limits. Right. Right? You can't control the dividend scale. I can't control I mean, can't control mortality either. Uh, no, but I can influence it. Well, I mean past mortality statistics like what determines your underwriting status is that's done over with. Your own personal history done over with. Mortality statistics, done, over with. Right. Life insurance company can't choose different mortality statistics. They are what they are. You're going to be in the underwriting status you're going to be in. The premium is going to buy as much death benefit as it'll buy. The dividend will be as high as it can be, given reasonable business practices. And the cash value will grow accordingly. Well, now, what? what so, I, and I, I appreciate this, um, is, but is there really is there really a difference between can I expect a difference between an infinite banking structured policy and then a typically structured policy? I mean, the, the, we're, we're talking about, um, where the proper understanding and positioning of a life insurance illustration in the, in the industry selling from, uh, illustrations and the industry, you know, creating illustrations that look, you know, very attractive. So people will buy them. But when it, when you get down to it, the structure of a policy is going to change what an illustration or how a policy illustrates. Sure. Right? So it is very important, right? Um, the illustration is important, yeah. but it's not, in, it's, it is not where you start, which is exactly what you've right. been saying. It's by the uh, time you get there, you should be able to, the individual who knows what's going on should be able to understand it themselves Yes. without significant help from an agent. If there's a question about something peculiar or something that you forgot, that's understandable. No one's being like, you can't ask questions. But the the foundation should be laid long before. And this is something I want to say too. You know, a client who, or a, a potential client who is under the impression that the way to go about getting into infinite banking is to source all these illustrations from all these agents that are willing to do it anyway, 
it's not even in your best interest to do business with someone who is indulging that desire. You should want someone who's going to challenge you to develop the education and the conceptual understanding before throwing numbers at you. That should come far later. And so, and people do it and they should stop doing it. <laughs> Selling from the illustration that is. It's, oh my goodness. Anyway, I've covered, I think I've covered what I wanted to say about this. Let's see. Selling from the illustration, can't do it. Playing games with numbers. This is how, yep, yep, yep. I love it. Well, you know, we're going to talk. Anything you want to add, James? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're going to talk about programming here in a minute, just in general, you know. Um, But it it exists within the insurance industry and the financial profession, right? Agents are almost, they're, they're in a paradigm that, if I get this illustration just exactly right, then and, and you like it, you know, then then we're going to be able to do business, you know. And that's I think promoted within the industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a paradigm of it's it's a, it's a construct, you know, that that is that exists on purpose. So I'm just mentioning programming. I think we're all a little bit programmed. Yeah, when it Absolutely. comes to life insurance, that might be why things. there's a whole podcast episode dedicated to that to programming. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Well, what, a, what <laughs> is there what anything a, you want to add about show me the numbers? No. What? A, uh, I think uh, have we done a, a, a podcast on uh, arbitrary numbers? No. Okay. Well, then I'll just I'll save it for that podcast, arbitrary numbers, and then the other podcast of programming so we would just like for y'all to keep coming back okay (laughs) we're just teasing you now all right all right thank you for listening and we'll see you next time all right this concludes the first part of the podcast we're going to continue our conversation on the next episode we've enjoyed having you we hope you've enjoyed it we look forward to having you back have a great day